welcome to the Building Design Primetime Podcast. Focused on providing valuable information for anyone looking to undertake a new build or extension project. We'll share our tips, tricks and stories from a building designer's perspective. Welcome to the Building Design Primetime Podcast. Once again, we're joined by Frank Geskis. G'day, everyone. Building designer extraordinaire. <laughs> I embarrass you every time. <laughs> I'm uh, very helpful. And I'm it's your host, Amelia. <laughs> Keep you dry. Anything else? Birds live in them sometimes. Poss- or possums live under them. Yes. Or rats, if you're unfortunate to get a rat attack. Well, where are we going there straight I up? have no idea. It's Friday. <laughs> yeah, it's Friday. It's been a long week. Roofs bring character to homes. They can make or break a home. How they look. And uh, everyone's got their own style that they like. Um, some people love, they call it modern. It's got a skillion roof hanging off the side, or multiple skillions. Um, some people like that boxy look where there's a roof in behind and have box gutters. Not a fan of box gutters. Yes, the team have heard a bit about that. Yes, really, really do not like box gutters. Having been in a building where it's actually failed and the ceiling collapsed when I was in it. So, yeah, kind of etches in your memory when that happens. Well, that's a bit of a catastrophe. Let's start there. What happened? Oh, uh, I used to work um, at an engineering firm and we lived in this, uh, we worked in this, felt like I lived there, I spent so many hours there, (laughs) Uh, worked in this office in town and massive downpour, like it was really going hard. But when the rain died off, like it was still raining, you could still hear it on the roof, but there was this trickling noise that I'd never heard before, this trickle, 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 where the heck's that coming from? And I was just investigating and I went into um, this, this, I think it was one of the engineer's office and I walked in there and trickling, looking. I looked up at the ceiling and the so suspended ceiling had a bit of a bend in it. You know, it was like it was bowing below me and there was, a, there was some dripping. And I'm going, oh, crap. And I just heard more trickles and stuff. And it was back in the days, like, Computer equipment was really expensive and had cameras and phones. And it was just really expensive stuff. It was just the age, oh, show my age here, where digital cameras were just coming out. We just got our first oh. one. I think it was a 1.2 megapixel camera. It was awesome. <laughs> you really are showing your age now. Yeah, bro. I know, I know. But going from an SLR to one of those, I loved it. Could never learn. <laughs> never knew how to use an SLR properly, manually. My photos were never any good, but at least with the digital, it was good. Anyway, going back to the story, I walk in and said, oh, oh, no, this isn't good. And I, I kind of walked fast over to his computer, his towel that was sitting on the desk, and then I heard the ceiling creak. That oh, no. So I grabbed it, and I ran out of the office. All the cables were still connected, and I, and I like, pulled, ran out of the office, and the whole ceiling collapsed in behind me. So all these cables and shit went flying off the back of the, wow. <laughs> off the computer and off the wall. And the whole ceiling collapsed on, on, 
this engineer's desk, you know, wrecking his phone and uh, the camera and all sorts of gear, but I saved his computer. Good job. Yeah. Th- that's insane. What what caused that? What like is that a structural thing? What uh, how d- what we found out was there was a box gutter had a what's called a sump, so all the water, water drains or something had a downpipe off there. It didn't have an over a, a good overflow on there. So an overflow in a box gutter situation is if the downpipe's blocked or the water can't get into it, it overflows out of the box gutter and goes somewhere else. Whether it spews out onto the out onto the outside the building line, go into a footpath, garage, whatever. Anyway, it all blocked up. We found out all this later, and the actual overflow failed as well. So no one had ever maintained this box gutter. So box gutters need to be maintained. You've got to get up there, you clean them because they're enclosed. Because no, the water's got nowhere to go. So we put lots of overflows in them now. Um, that that's a vital part of doing it. The water's got to have somewhere to go. So in this case, the only place we could go was straight into this office. Wow, you, it sounds like you're lucky to get out of there. Oh, I got out fine. I got back of my legs were all wet and stuff. And <laughs> uh, I saved the computer. I was proud of that. My boss was, you know, <laughs> the engineer was happy and everyone was happy, but the cleanup was a bit ugly. I reckon an mm. insurance claim. I reckon. Yeah, it was. It was. So what what is the cause of that? Is is it a structure? Is it a uh, a design flaw for that building, or is it um, simply maintaining it? In this case, I believe it was just pure maintenance. So no one got up there to clean it. It was an office building. It was only two stories high, but it's the middle of town. Who gets up and cleans roofs in the middle of town? Now, in, in saying that, I've now seen plenty of residential houses where box gutters are not just. Um, <clears throat> They've failed, um, but like a slow leak. Um, so we did one for a customer, end up replacing the roof. They want to change the roof shape. So when we pulled the box gutter out, all this timber frame behind where the box gutter was had rotted. So he had rotting timber frame because the box gutter had leaked a little bit. And it was like they were horrified when they saw it. And they, you just couldn't see it was behind the plaster line. It, it dribbled down behind the wall. But it wasn't enough, obviously, to... A catastrophic failure. Yeah. It, yep. it wasn't. Again, that one came down to maintenance because I knew the plumber who actually installed it and they kind of blamed him. And I said, well, it's not actually his fault. When did you get up there and clean it? Mind you, that went down really well. Because um, <laughs> they had deciduous trees around the property as well. So they had leaf litter in there. Um... But it, like I said, it wasn't a catastrophic failure. It just it was a slow leak um, when it got full and just went down the walls. But it was pretty horrible when we pulled off the plaster and stuff. Yeah. Another insurance claim. No, it wasn't because they were in the middle of a reno. Oh wow. Yeah, so we were replacing a roof, replacing kitchens, changing things around, and it was like so that convinced them not to replace the box gutter. So we ended up changing the whole roof and putting a normal roof on there without any box gutters. So there are there other uh, roof types that you can choose from that would be more suitable, require less maintenance, uh, um, more cost effective even? Oh, d- yeah, look, definitely more cost effective. Box gutters are expensive. They're, they're a big tray that sits inside the roof. So 
if you look outside on a normal roof, oh, sorry, I say normal roof, hip roof or a gable ended roof, they run gutters on the outside. Those gutters vary in size depending on the type, profile, and whatnot. And they're cost effective, they're the most common type of roof and drainage for your roof. And they just clip on onto the fascia. You know, they've got brackets and it's easy to do. Box gutters, you're building something custom inside a roof. So you've got the roof sheeting comes into it. You've sometimes got to put flashings down from a, say you've got a parapet, like a vertical wall on top of your roof. Not only you've got the extra surface area of the exterior cladding, that costs a fair bit of money. When you get to the top of the roof, you've got to put a flashing over the top so it doesn't leak. Another flashing down the inside that comes down inside the box gutter. And then generally um, the box gutter itself is quite expensive. It's a big tray that's custom folded. It then goes into a sump or a rain head. They're custom made. Everything's custom made for these. So they're considerably more expensive and more likely to fail. So... What do you recommend as an alternative? Well, if you're getting that look, sometimes you can't avoid. You have to have a box gutter. So you do it big, well oversized, plenty of outlets for the water to go for downpipes, overdo it, bigger overflows, all that type of thing. And then you make sure you have a maintenance program that you employ someone to go up there to clean out your gutters. So from to get that look people want, like uh, if you go on to... Prime Design website and look under the news tab, got all these articles and we look at different types of roofs. Um, there's also a beautiful butterfly roof that was thrown in there, uh, not a favourite, but that has a big gutter down the centre and I just noticed the picture that we've got, it's got a tiny downpipe. <laughs> so um, I've seen lots of those and um, they last a long time and then all of a sudden they fail. Yeah, Butterfly roofs, um, I mean, obviously you're not a massive fan of them, but it makes sense you've got the two uh, pitches that run to a centre point um, where obviously water would drain to. Yeah. And if you've only got a little pipe, I guess it makes sense that, you know, where's the water going to go? Oh, true. And we've also got to consider our environment's changing. In Tassie, we've, everyone talks about the intensity of our rainfall has changed over the last 15 years. So we're getting really big, intense rainfalls where other parts of Australia, you know, have always had that, you know, especially up north with the, the wets that they have up there, wet season. You know, we're starting to get real intense rainfall here and we're seeing just even normal uh, eaves gutters that we call on a normal hip or gable roof or even a skillion, that even the normal gutters that were designed years and years ago aren't handling it. So, and they go into the eaves or spew over the edge. Um, so we put like we put a lot of downpipes in now compared to the old days. You go to the old red brick homes, you know, the classic red brick, white timber windows. Yes. And the hip roofs. 1960s. Yeah, 60s, yeah, 70s. Yep. Yeah, um, they have their own charm. But a lot of those, like that might only be, I don't know, uh, eight, 12 square house, you know, might be two storey, but, you know, that roof area is, you know, could be 130, 140 square. But it might only have two downpipes on it. Now, that's not a lot when you think about it. It's not, but the, back then it seemed to be okay. Um, but 
Yeah, you start seeing a lot more failures. So what, what's the standard number of downpipes you have on a house now? Um, it, it states in the code that downpipes, every time you have a re-entered corner, so you have a valley, say on a hip roof, you have a valley and the two roofs meet, it's like a valley, um, where on a re-entered corner, or it's an external corner, that's a, you know, you've got a hip. On the re-entrant, we have to put a downpipe within 1.2 metres of that at every one of them because it's a collection point because of the valley. From there, it's a maximum of 12 metres for every downpipe. But use a bit of common sense there too because you might have a porch and um, you also might have an alfresco. Um, sometimes do alfrescos or pergolas that fall back into the gutter. So that's extra area that you're putting into the gutter. So you put additional downpipe in. It makes sense, I guess, to probably comparing back to the 60s and 70s, houses were probably a little bit smaller. We didn't have, you know, the alfrescos or the theatre rooms or the rumpus rooms or the... Or generally, you know, generally speaking. Generally speaking, yeah, you're 100% right. So I guess you need, you know, most areas will have water, so... I guess you need more downpipes. Yeah, it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? It does make sense. Um, but even then, I'll, I'll talk about drainage in general, but if drainage around your house, we put a lot more drainage around houses because we found, compared to 15 years ago, we used to just draw the house, downpipes that are required, but we never showed exterior drainage. And what we were finding is that people that lived in the house didn't think about drainage on the lawns and stuff like that too you know, around the gardens and stuff. And then it was causing problems to the houses. So we actually, as part of the documents we do now, we put all uh, pits, drains, ag drains, sub-surface sub, uh, drains around houses to protect them. And that's part of the build. You never complain about having too much drainage, but you will complain if something fails. Yes, that's very true. Yeah. Sorry, digressing on to yes, <laughs> collecting water draining. on the ground. But yeah, <laughs> but it's all the same. It's, it's making sure that it can handle it. But you're not thinking about just for now, but you want it for the life of the house. You never want to have a problem with any of your roof drainage. you know. And be smart with your roofs too. Like we've done curved roofs, semi-curved roofs. Um, haven't done a concave. That's a bit weird. Um, but butterfly roofs. Uh, parapets with box gutters, which are skewing roofs inside. Um, hips, gables, yeah, all sorts of types. And it's understanding those terms when you're talking to your designer as well. But taking pictures, obviously, is going to be the go. Showing what you like. Definitely. And what about in terms of um, going back to gutters? Yep. Are there standard sizes for those? Can you request a custom size? How does it work? Um yeah, you certainly can. Look, there's all sorts of different standard profiles. There's all these manufacturers' different profiles and some very nice-looking profiles as well. But, yes, custom gutters are definitely a possibility. Uh, you could do stainless gutters. You can do copper. You wow. Do, yeah, zinc. Yeah, the it's world all sorts is of your oyster. It is. How much money do you want to spend? Yes. Yeah, and, and that's ultimately comes with even um, you do a complex roof, it's going to be more expensive. But it can really make the house pop. A beautiful roof, you know, can really complement a house. It, it, even a very um, ordinary floor plan, you put a really cool roof on it uh, with the right, how you do your glazing, lighting and stuff, it, it can really, really 
come up well. Let's talk about materials for your roof as yep, well, because sure. obviously there's so many different products on the market these days. What are some popular options available? By far the most popular is your uh, metal roofs. Um, everyone calls it colour bond. Colour bond's the coating. But, you know, um, the metal roofs uh, and all the different profiles that are available. So yeah, you've got Lysart. They make a whole ton of profiles. Uh, Stramit. Uh, what's Stramit? Um, Stratco. My apologies. Um, and then you've got some custom stuff as well. Um, some specialised stuff that guys will do. Um, local company, um, Structor. They, they've got products there as well, custom rolled uh, roof profiles. Some some of those need a lot more work um, in how to detail those and um, getting because uh, they're big trays. Sometimes they might get a bit of um, movement in it, so someone's got to line them with plywood to make sure they stay straight. And what about tiled roofs? Do people still go with yeah, those? lots of tiles roofs. Yep, obviously they're on your hip and gables, not on your skewings because they have a minimum angle they're uh, allowed to be put in. Still do lots of tile roofs. And you look at the different profiles that are available now, absolutely magnificent. You know, get some really cool flat tiles. Uh, solar panel tiles. Really? Seriously. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's a bit insane. It is, and, and you... There's still very early technology, but eventually I, I see that coming in a lot more because putting you know, your, your PV cells on top of your roof, yeah, sometimes can really detract from the look of the look. house. It, mm-hmm. it looks like rubbish, some of them. So, um, so solar tiles, um, yeah, I think that's a good initiative. Definitely. Uh, yeah, you got the zinc roofs. Um, there's the other one, bitumous shingles. That's what on earth is that? That's an American thing. We've done a few here. It's very expensive because it's not very common. So you have the plywood and you have these uh, and their coatings um, that you put over and then you put these bitumen tiles over. Very common in America. Wow. So bitumen as in like road base? Yeah, well, sort of, yeah. They, they come in their little their packs or, or strips and they nail them down. Wow, there you go. Hmm. Something a bit different. Yeah. But what about living roofs? What about them? Do you know what they are? No, I have no idea what they are. <laughs> you can have to tell me. <laughs> so you're putting a garden on top of your roof. It's a living roof. Wow. What's yeah. the benefit of that, though? Uh, there is some uh, benefits thermally. Um, it's, it's obviously... Not a cheap thing to do, but it looks absolutely amazing in the right situations. Be a pain to water. Yeah, well, no, because you got they have these systems that are available that are designed for this, and, and also the type of plants you put on too. Uh, we saw some designs by a local designer down at Sanchez. I think it was Dolphin Sands, and they're burying part of the house under the sand. Wow. Mm. So different type of roof, isn't it? Yeah. How uh, that. That sort of baffles me a little bit because how, what do you line it with? Yeah, that's a very good question. It, you certainly have to make it waterproof, but what's actually holding it up is probably the question. And it's extra weight. weight. Yeah, yes, huge amount exactly. of weight. Yeah, a lot of them that I've seen is um, concrete, so suspended concrete. So there's a, a bit of work uh, in that, especially the ones that are built into the side of like sand dunes and, and um, uh, the hill. Yeah, 
So you, you generally do concrete and then you tank it, obviously, drain it properly and all that and should last a fair while. If, if it's done well and done quality-wise, yeah. I definitely have to put that on my photo list. Yeah, you've got to go have a look at that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, there's some very cool ones. Uh, mate of mine designed one in Sydney for his, I think it was called the Urban Lodge. His whole house, I think the whole footprint was only like 45 square metres or six metres wide. Wow. And he built a garden on his roof so you could see the Anzac Bridge in Sydney. So it was a whole line of terraces and this was the only vacant blocks to <laughs> there. It was a super cool build. It was in um, the first season of Australian Grand Designs. Wow. Yeah, it was super cool what he did. And it's got a hatch you can get up onto the roof and, yeah, very awesome. That is very cool. But he worked all that out himself, how to do that garden. Yeah, he's a building designer, is he? Yeah, he's a building designer and a builder. Wow. So best of both worlds. Very cool. I have to check that one out. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. So, yeah, so, so the roof is such a big important part of your house, eh? Definitely. <laughs> Don't leave it out on the list. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's hard not to, isn't it? But um, it's such a critical part too. Like I said, it can make or break a house. Um, one of my pet peeves and I've got to share this is on steep sites where say the road is above potentially where the house is going to be when people drive past they predominantly see the roof so make it a really good looking roof so uh, and what I mean by that is that people can't necessarily like when you look up at a house you're looking at the bottom side and you don't see the top of the roof you just see the eaves or parapets or whatever it may be so it's your perception of the view but you know like in our suburbs here in Launceston you go up Trevallon West Launceston you've got some really steep sites and you're looking down on the sites we've done some houses where they've done parapets and box gutters on this house but you're looking down onto that yes, roof yes makes sense and the thing with those flattish roofs and, and gutters because they don't clean them they're always dirty and you're looking down on a dirty roof and it hasn't got much shape and stuff to it. Yeah, it would definitely make the drone photos look not as attractive. No, definitely not. And yeah. it, it just doesn't look very appealing from a street appeal. So that's why you've got to consider those types of roofs uh, on, on the lower blocks. How does it look? Definitely. So much to consider. Yeah. Well, we might leave it there until next time. Yeah, consider your roof and don't do box gutters. Well, there, there might be a time and place for box gutters, but uh, that's, that's a time for another debate. It is. You're listening to the Building Design Primetime Podcast. 